and welcome to another podcast session of the Master Passive Income Podcast. My name's Dustin Heiner. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. And today I got something really, really great for you. I'm going to show you how you can invest in real estate with the equity that you have in your own home. I have personally built my business with the equity that I have in all my properties, especially the property that I live in. So my home that I live in, I've used it many, many times over where I use the equity in that property so that I can then buy more properties that make me money. All right, let's get started in this show where we learn all about how you can use the equity in your home to invest in real estate rental properties. Let's go. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. I've been getting a lot of questions from people asking me how I can help them invest in real estate. Now, I try to give as much as I can in the podcast and in my blog and my books, but there is something that I wanted to share with you. I created an online course called the Ultimate Real Estate Investing Course. Now, this course is a step-by-step system that's going to walk you through investing in real estate rental properties from having no money, no properties, no business, no understanding of real estate to in the end having a real estate investing business where you're going to be successfully unemployed. Let me share with you a little bit about what is in the course. Well, first you get unlimited lifetime access to the entire course and all updates. I'm constantly updating with new videos, new information on new strategies out there, new software out there, new products out there, new properties. I'm constantly updating the course. So you get unlimited lifetime access to the entire course. This course has nine specific sections that are going to walk you through the entire process step-by-step to build your business from scratch. If you don't have any knowledge of business, any knowledge of how to run a property, how to buy properties, how to manage properties, you don't have any of that knowledge, well, this system is for you. It's a step-by-step process. We're going to walk you through the entire thing. There's over 115 video lessons walking you through everything you would need ever need to know. That's why it's called the Ultimate Real Estate Investing Course. You also have the access to the Investor Real Estate Group. It's a mastermind group of all the other students and mentors that are inside the Ultimate Real Estate Investing Course. And we work together to help each other out. When you have a question, you go in there, you post your question, you get lots of people answering back with their experiences. Now, on top of that, I'm giving you lots of bonuses. You have a seven-week guide to buying your first property. I even have a section called the Rental Property 2.0 Business, where I show you how to actually run your business after you bought your property and then grow your business to be dramatically more successful and make more money and buy more properties. You also have access to all the different webinars that I do. I will post them in there consistently. You have tools and calculators. I even have downloadable forms and a library of contracts and things that you can use for your business. And so you don't need anything else. This is the step-by-step system that's going to walk you through the process, giving you the ability to change your life with real estate rental properties. And you don't need to take my word for it. Let me read a quote from Sam, a student of mine who lives in Idaho. Sam says, first, Dustin's real estate investing advice is solid, no nonsense, and factual. 
absolutely no hype, and he helped me to build a business, a successful real estate business. Secondly, with Dustin's help, I was able to focus on what I was doing right and get rid of what I was doing wrong in the real estate investing. I lost thousands of dollars before I learned how to invest right with his help. Third, Dustin was able to show me what real estate markets to invest in and where to buy in my next rental property and where to stay away from. He was able to show me how to calculate cash flow and make sure I was finding good deals on properties. And lastly, Dustin really cares about his students. His one-on-one coaching is invaluable to my real estate success and his course is invaluable as well. Do yourself a favor and save yourself from investing the wrong way and lose money like I did. Get coaching from Dustin Heiner as absolutely worth the price. Well, hey, Sam, thank you very much for that vote of confidence. Love work with you. You're a great guy. So And so, guys, be like Sam. Change your life with real estate rental properties. And remember, I'm giving you a 30-day money-back guarantee on top of all the great benefits, all the bonuses, all the videos, all the downloadable forms, all the great things, and a lifetime access to the course. Because you're a podcast listener, I want to give you something special because I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I'm going to give you 25% off the retail price. Now, to get that special 25% off, you need to put in the promo code PODCAST. And if you want the specific direct URL, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash UREI course. That's the ultimate real estate investing course, UREI course. Type in that promo code PODCAST when you go through the shopping cart. All of my students absolutely love the course. They are changing their life with real estate rental properties, and you can too. Go to there, check out the course, get your 25% off. I want to get you in there, and I want you started investing in real estate. Now, on to the rest of the podcast, where we're going to be talking about how to use your equity in your home or any, any property that you have to invest in more real estate to then quit your job, eventually having enough money coming in from your rental properties to make money. Now. As investors, we must always be looking for ways to fund our real estate business. Now, a fantastic way to get financing to buy more rental properties is to use the equity that you have in your home. If you use a home equity line of credit or a cash out refinance, you can use the equity that you have. Equity basically is money that you have over and above the mortgage that your value of your property is worth. And I'll get into in just a second. But if you use your value of your home to buy more homes, then you can dramatically grow your business. I've done this many, many times. In fact, my own personal residence, I think I did a cash out refinance two or three times taking that money out and buying more properties. And I've even done it with my current properties, like the properties that I have as investment properties. I've done that where I've taken money out of those properties to buy more properties. I'd basically recycle my money over and over and over again. So if you own a property, you most likely have a funding source just waiting to be used. Now, the trick is, though, to get the money out of your property without selling your property. You know, if you sell your property and you make 50 grand, That's fantastic, but you lose the ability to make passive income, monthly cash flow in your pocket. You may have pocketed $50,000 right away, but you lose that income, that monthly income. How about doing the best of both worlds where you, instead of selling, you still own the property, but you pull the cash out in a home equity line of credit or a cash out refinance, put it in your pocket tax-free, and I'll get get into the tax-free in just a little bit, but you put it in your pocket, you didn't sell the property, and so you still have it, and you're making a monthly cash flow, a monthly passive income from that property. Now, when considering using your home equity, you really need to figure out a few things. Number one, you need to know the value of your property and what it could appraise for. You need to also be able to increase the value of your property before you do the refinance so you get more money out. You also need to know how to utilize that money. You need to know how to 
buy assets that make more money. You know, it'd be bad if you just took out a loan on your property, you got $50,000 and put in your pocket and bought a sports car, and you have to now pay that note. Why not have a tenant pay that note on that property, that second note, that second mortgage that you pull out? Why not have your new tenant in your new property pay for that? And I'll get into that in just a little bit. But you need to basically be able to pay for this new loan that you're getting, this increase in mortgage payment with the next property that you buy. And then hopefully you'll have more and more properties to be able to continually recycle your money over and over again. I, like I said, I've done this many, many times. So you want to basically be able to have your tenants pay your mortgage that you're going to be taking out. Now, let's say you pull the cash out of your home with a cash out refinance loan and the monthly payment goes up by about $400. Now, let's say you pulled out something like $60,000, $70,000, whatever it might be. You pull that money, but your mortgage goes up by $400. Well, like I said, if you go out and buy a sports car with that money, you have to still pay that $400. Like you need to get another job or figure out a way to make that mortgage payment. But what if your tenants paid for it? That would be fantastic. So now if you did have a $400 mortgage payment and increase in $400, there would be a big concern because you don't have that money yet. But what if you use that money that you pulled out as an investor would and buy a income producing property that will make you money and pay for this increase in mortgage payment? Now, with all the money you make out of your property, you use it to buy an appreciating asset. So when you pull that money out, you want to buy an appreciating asset, an asset that goes up in value. Like if you buy a sports car or any car for that matter, it's a depreciating asset where it's not an asset really. It just depreciates over time where if you buy it for $50,000 now in 20 years, it'll be worth 5,000. So it's just going to go away over time. A home on the other hand will not, it'll continue to appreciate in value. Now using the cash up refinance to buy a rental property, this will allow you to rent the property to a tenant who will be paying the increase of, like I said, the example was $400. They would be paying the increase in mortgage payment of $400. So let me give you the numbers. Again, go to my show notes page. I actually have all the numbers written out. So if you're driving right now and you're like, oh, I don't understand these numbers. I got to write them down. Don't worry. I have in my show notes page, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 030. So number 30. All right. So the numbers would look like this. Now, you buy a new property with the cash out refinance that you got, and the new expenses would look something like this. So how much money comes out of your pocket because you own this property? So the increase in mortgage payment, $400. Taxes, insurance, let's say $100 a month, and these are per month, $100 a month. Property manager fees, about $90 a month. Vacancy factor, you know, if it's going to be vacant, you want to account for that, so $40 a month. Repair savings, you know, saving up for, you know, expenses, another $40. Another miscellaneous fees, let's add another $40 in there. Let's just be generous. So your total expenses would be $710 coming out of your pocket or being you'd have to pay that if you didn't make any money from this property. But let's say you were able to rent the property for $950 a month. So for $950 a month, if you subtract your total expenses of $710, that's a positive income of $240 in your pocket. After everything's said and done, after everything's paid for, you are getting a passive income of $240. And that is, remember, the tenant is paying this new increase in mortgage payment of $400 that you're getting on your other house or your personal house that you're currently getting. And so you're, with taking this money out, you're actually putting money in your pocket of $240. Now, here's another great thing. The tenant is paying down that principal. So all that money you borrowed out, the tenant is paying for that. And in the end, once this loan's paid off, remember it was tax-free, it's a tax-free loan. Once this loan's paid off, 
you still have the property making you money once the loan's all paid off. And so you have now increased your rental portfolio by another property. Now, let's say you bought three properties with the money you pulled out. Well, that's three more properties that you pulled out. And hopefully one will pay off the mortgage, the increase that you got in your mortgage. And the other two are just cash in the bank. Man, this is great. I've done this so many times. I can't even count how many times I've done it. Now, being an investor, I look to maximize my investment to make the most money or bring in the most value from all the work that I do. When looking at renovations for your home, like if you're thinking, I'm going to renovate my home, I'm going to fix it up, I'm going to make my property worth more, my home worth more, there are some things that you need to do. You need to try to think of renovations that will actually increase the value of your home. So your value of your home, and that's how your equity is, and that's how you can use the equity in your property, is because it's valued more than you owe. Let's say you owe $100,000, but the value of the home is $250,000. Well, that's $150,000 in equity that you could potentially use to buy rental properties. I have personally done this so many times, I can't even count how many times I've refinanced my homes. I basically keep recycling my money over and over again. I pull that money out to buy more properties. So... The value of your home is measured just like anything you might sell. It all depends on what other people would pay for it. So if whatever you're selling is really appealing to a lot of buyers, the value of it will go up. Well, if it's not appealing, then it'll go down. So whatever you're trying to sell, if you make that item more appealing to your buyers, well, then the value will be more, just like a home. So same with the appraisal of your home. Surprisingly, even though you're spending money on renovations, you're spending money to fix up a property, you can actually be making more money while you're fixing up your home. You can make the value of your property worth more. So when you appraise your home for a refinance, for example, an appraisal will go through your home and compare it to other properties that have sold in the general area, usually about you know one and a half to two miles around your area. And that's how they get to figure out what the comparable sales would be. So if your property is better, nicer, better renovated and well taken care of, and it's an up-to-date home, the appraisal will put your value higher than or at least at the value or if not higher than other properties that are renovated in the area. Now, this is very beneficial to you because you'll be able to use this money to buy more properties. Now, when you think about it, you make money six different ways. If you listen to one of my recent podcasts where I talk about the six ways you make money, one of them is through forced appreciation. Now, forced appreciation is a term that I teach all my real estate students. It's basically using the property fixing it up to make it worth more so you force the appreciation up. You know, we know that a home appreciates over time because it's an appreciating asset. The value goes up over time. But we can also force that appreciation to go up by fixing up to make it look better. It's basically another tool and in an investor's tool belt to make sure that you are getting more and more money out of your one property. So you can do this by rehabbing or renovating the property so that it increases in value with more renovations. So there are ultimately many different ways to renovate your home, but I wanna give you some things, some tips to make the equity in your home greater, the value and the appreciation of your home greater. So when investors like us think of a financial return, it will be the difference between the amount of money you put in into the renovations of the home versus how much increase of value that your home actually receives because you put the money into it. Let me give you a quick example. Let's say the current value of your home is $250,000. Well, you renovate the kitchen, put $20,000 into it. Well, 
I, and this is not uncommon. It's happened to me, actually. The value of my home went up $50,000. Now, the new home value after the renovations is $300,000. Well, remember, the current home value is $250,000. I put $20,000 into the property, into the kitchen renovations to make it nicer. That's $270,000. Well, the new appraised value after everything is $300,000. That's $30,000 in equity. That's basically money in my pocket as long as I pull it out of the house. But that's $30,000 in appreciation that has helped me many times to buy more and more properties. Now, let me give you a couple thoughts of the types of remodeling and renovations that you should do that would bring the most bang for your buck, you know, the most return on your money. So keep in mind when you're renovating your property, what other buyers would want. You don't want to cater to 20% of the market. You want to cater to 80% of the market. So let's say you paint the house with purple coloring. All the outside is is purple. Well, you're going to cater to a very limited amount of people because not a lot of people like purple on the outside of the house. I mean, there might be might be a few, but there aren't. You know, maybe out of 10, you might get one person that would like a purple house. Well, if you think about it, Painting your house a neutral color is a great way to increase the value because painting the house gives it a fresh look. It makes it feel nicer. It makes it feel clean. You know, dirty walls with handprints and smudges and all that sort of stuff and dirt all over it doesn't make you feel clean. Well, a tenant or a buyer would love to see the property look nice and feel clean. So it might cost you, you know, three or $4,000 to paint the entire house, but the value would go up dramatically because it feels newer. Another type of remodel or renovation would be would drastically increase the value is a kitchen remodel like the example I just shared with you. I personally remodeled my kitchen. I gutted the entire kitchen, took out all the cabinets, took out literally everything and then redid the entire kitchen and it boosted the value of my home by I think 30 or $40,000. It was absolutely terrific. So, when you think about a remodel, the best amount of money or the most return for your money would be if you put it into a kitchen, a brand new kitchen, getting new countertops, getting new cabinets, new appliances. That's where you get the most return. You could at least get a hundred percent return on your money, if not more by redoing the kitchen. Another remodel that is really great that people love buyers and renters love is when the bathroom looks and feels clean. Now imagine if you walked into a bathroom that you're going to rent this house. You walk into the bathroom, you see that the shower and the bathtub is just dirty and disgusting and you know it, it's, it looks like it has mold all in it. Most people would not want to shower in that. And so when you have a bathroom remodel that makes it look brand new, makes it look fantastic, that appreciates the value of your home because the value is greater. So a bathroom remodel will also bring up the value. Another great one would be curb appeal, making sure that when people drive up to the house, they're not going to want to keep driving because the house doesn't look good from the outside. You, well, basically, here's what I want to give you as a train of thought. When you're going to be remodeling the house and you're going to be doing curb appeal, you want the outside, your yard, to basically focus their eyes past the yard, not distract from the yard, from the house, but attract to the house. You want the house to be lit up, basically, not in lights, but you want it to be the focal point that everybody's eyes go to because the yard does not make it look horrible. It looks makes it look nice. You don't want to make it look too fantastic where you're wasting money, but you want to clean it up to where the people that are going to be buying or renting, their eyes look past, oh, that's a nice yard, 
and then they see the house and see how terrific the house is because they're going to be living in the house. They walk past the yard. And like I said, painting is a great way to quickly and easily bring the value up. Also, flooring. You know, instead of just doing carpet, maybe you can do tile or some sort of vinyl flooring that is like wood planks that look really, really nice. Think about ways to make the flooring look better and better and nicer and nicer. I mean, people, when they go in either buy a house or rent a house, they're going to be bringing themselves. And so they might occasionally lay on the ground, which if you think about it, people have kids. If you're renting to families, they're going to have kids and some of them might even have babies and their babies are going to be crawling on the ground. And so you want to make sure that the flooring is really, really nice so that when people think about having their kids on it or them walking on their bare feet on it, they're not going to be disgusted by it. So make sure that you get the flooring right to clean it up really nice. If at best, go ahead and replace it with laminate or hardwood or tile or even keep a carpet. It's totally fine to do that. But you want to make it look and feel nice. Now, things that you don't want to do. I want to give you a couple of tips of do not do these types of renovations when you are trying to get the equity in your property up. Never, ever remove a bedroom. Like if you might think it's a good idea, I've actually seen a show where somebody actually had a good idea or they thought it was a good idea where they actually removed a wall between two bedrooms to make it one big bedroom. That is the worst decision you can ever make. Never, never, never remove a bedroom. When you look at the comparable values of homes, you compare it with other like homes. Like if your home is a three bedroom, two bath, they're going to look at other three bedroom, two baths. And renters are going to say, well, this is no longer a three bedroom. It's a two bedroom. I I need three. I got my wife and I got two kids and I need one bedroom for each, each of them. And so if you remove one of the bedrooms, you take away your comparable because you're now at a lower comparable as well as people don't find it as attractive. Even though it's one great big room, well, Who needs one great big room when they need two rooms or three rooms or four rooms? So removing a wall is a horrible idea. So keep this in mind that a four-bedroom unit is better than a three-bedroom. A three-bedroom is much better than a two-bedroom. If anything, I never recommend any of my students to get a two-bedroom home. Never get a two-bedroom home because it's so hard to get rented. More people want a three-bedroom, two-bath. Like If you think of a cookie-cutter home, three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage, a plain Jane house, those are great rental properties because you're not going to overpay for them. You're going to get good tenants in there that just want to live in a good place. And let me give you another tip. Never, ever, ever add wallpaper to the walls in the house. Paint over it. Never add wallpaper. Don't think and don't get sold on, hey, this wallpaper is really nice. Well, I take off wallpaper because after about um, you know, 10, 15 years, that wallpaper is absolutely out of date. And let me give you a list of reasons why you don't want to put wallpaper. Number one, it's hard to remove. I mean, it's just completely, ridiculously hard to remove. There's, It's just no way, ifs, ands, or buts about it. They try to make tools that make it look good or sprays or whatever. It still doesn't work. Trust me, it's horrible to try to remove. Number two, there's so many styles and colors and textures for any of them to be neutral or to be desired by the majority, you know, 80% of the pool of renters or buyers out there. So you don't even know what somebody else might like. Being able to just paint over something is so much better than having to remove the wallpaper. Number three, it's hard to remove. It's absolutely hard to remove. I know it was number one, but it's number two, or number three as well. It's so stinking hard to remove. It's crazy. Number four, it costs a lot to have somebody else remove it because it takes a lot of time. It takes time and effort and patience to peel off every little bit. It's just disgusting, as well as getting the glue off. 
Number five, most people don't like wallpaper in general in a home. Even if you find a home that has wallpaper, more than likely you're gonna have to pull it off to find a tenant to live in there. Number six, it's hard to remove. I mean, did I tell you that it's hard to remove? Yes, it's horrible to remove, especially if you have an entire house, which I've had an entire house where the property had wallpaper all, all over. It's horrible. Number seven, times change and so do desires and styles for wallpaper. So it's just not a good idea. Number eight, the last one, it sucks to remove the wallpaper. Again, I'm beating a dead horse and I need you to realize this. Never put wallpaper in it because it's horrible. It's going to have a horrible time to find a tenant. Just paint over it. Really, really simple. Another great thing to never do, never paint in bright colors. Like don't paint a home, a room bright blue. I had a, a one of my best friends when I was going through college. He lived in my house. I bought a house and he was my roommate. He had a great idea. He thought it was a great idea of painting his room blue. Just a bright, like, just the brightest blue you've ever seen. He loved it. He had a fantastic time in it. But when he moved out, I had to paint over like four different coats of paint to get rid of that blue. It was horrible. So never do that. Pick neutral colors, nice neutral colors, like tans or taupes or something like that, off-white. Even white is much better than bright blue or bright pink or bright purple or anything like that. So keep that in mind. You want to appeal to as many buyers as possible, as many renters as possible. Also, never remove a shower or bathtub. So if you have a bathroom that has a shower and a tub, don't pull it out and just put a shower or don't pull it out and just put a tub. You want both a shower and a bathtub. I've had a house where it just had a tub in the whole entire house. It had two bathrooms, but it only had one tub, didn't have a shower. And so I had to put in a shower because nobody wanted to rent it because it was just a tub. People take showers nowadays because we have the luxury of plumbing here in the Western culture. It's fantastic. All right, another one. Never concrete your entire backyard. I know this is kind of... Uh, easy to think of, but the first house that I bought literally had the entire backyard filled with concrete. It was ridiculous to me. It took so long to saw cut it, jackhammer up, wheelbarrow it out, get a dump trunk company to come and haul it all away. And now, hopefully I'll find some pictures while I'll post it on the show notes. And the show notes for this podcast session are masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 030. This is the 30th podcast session, 030. All right, so... I will hopefully put pictures on there. I don't know if I'll find them. This was back in 2006, way before digital cameras were really, especially in phones, anywhere. I took a bunch of regular pictures with them. Hopefully, I'll be able to find them and put them on the on the website. So go ahead and go there, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 030. All right, now let's move on to how you can actually use the value of your home. I just gave you many ways to increase the value and ways to not increase your value. I'm going to give you ways to use that value, pull it out, and actually use that to buy a property. Now, let me give you an example of how I personally did it myself. So I bought my house for $210,000. This is my personal residence. Well, after so long, I, I paid down the debt and it got lower and lower. I think I was down to like $170,000. Well, after doing all this work in the house, making it nicer, appreciating the value, forcing the value up, after doing all that, the value was now $250,000. Now, that was $80,000 in equity that I had in my property. Now, when you refinance a property, they're going to want to give you only 80% of the total value. After doing all that, I was able to pull out $45,000 in equity out of my property. Now, here's a big key I want you to take away. $45,000, I literally could just put it in my pocket or go spend it or you know buy a new car or do whatever I want. Now, here is the key that I want to give you. This is tax-free money. 
you are not getting taxed because you get taxed when you earn money or you make money. But when you get a loan, it's a loan. They're not going to tax a loan because you got to pay it back eventually. So you can literally put that $45,000 in your pocket or go buy a car or do something like that. But you're not getting tax and income tax on that money that you're pulling out because it's a loan. Isn't that fantastic? So I took that $45,000 and I bought one property for like, I don't want to say it was $20,000 or $15,000 or something like that. I put $15,000 down, bought a house. Well, that new house paid for that $45,000 mortgage that I pulled out. And I still had like another $25,000, $35,000 to spend. Hopefully that makes sense. So if you can't track with me, the new mortgage that I now have that is now $300 more because I pulled that $45,000 out, the next house that I bought paid that $300 mortgage increase. So I didn't have to worry about that extra $300 in mortgage payment because my new property paid for it. Then I still had extra money to buy more properties. I think I bought four or five more properties with that money because I was strategic and I was buying it really well. So I was able to make, with that $45,000 pulling out, having a $300 mortgage payment, I was making close to $1,200 a month in passive income after everything was all said and done. So with that equity, I was making $1,200 more. And here's the great thing. I did it over and over and over again. I think I did at least two, if not three times on my single family home that I lived in, my personal residence. But then I also did it many, many times on my rental properties as well. We already talked about finding the value in the property and that's with comparable sales. We already talked also about increasing the value of your property by fixing it up, by making it nice, by not doing wrong things. Now let's talk a little bit about getting the value out. What you can do is two different things. One, you can use a home equity line of credit or you can use a cash out refinance. Now the home equity line of credit is pretty interesting. It's basically like your home is your credit card and every single time you draw out of that home or out of that credit card, it puts a debt against the property. So let's say you have that $45,000 in home equity. Well, you have zero of it used until you actually spend that money. You're not paying any interest on it. So let's say you pull out $10,000 to buy a property or to fix up a property or do something with that equity. Well, you're only spending 10,000. You have 45 total, 45,000 total, but you're only using 10% and you're only getting charged interest on that 10%. So as you pay it down to, let's say you buy a 10,000, well, you pay down $5,000. Well, you now you're only getting interest on that $5,000. So think of it like a credit card. When you pull out money, you you get interest on it. When you pay it down, you pay less interest or you pay no interest. That's what a home equity line of credit is. Now, the caveat that I'll give you is that the home equity line of credit, the interest rate is usually variable. Like it fluctuates with the interest rate of the market right now. And so it can go up. Now, you might find some that are fixed. Those are harder to find, but usually it varies. It goes up and down. And so that's the little roulette you might be able to play if you wanted to use a home equity line of credit. Now, the other way, and again, home equity line of credit is a great way to go. The other way is to actually do a cash out refinance. This, in my opinion, is better. And I did this all many times is because you have a locked in rate at whatever the rate is and it's locked in and it's amortized over 30 years or whatever the life of the loan is. It's amortized for that long, which means the payments are much lower. So then I use that money and buy other properties and over time, it'll eventually be paid off by my tenants. Now, when you do a cash out refinance, you're basically refinancing the entire property. So if you owe $100,000 on a property, well, you pull out that $100,000 plus the cash that you're pulling out into a new loan. So your old loan's gone and your new loan has the original principal amount that you currently owed 
and transferred it over to this new bank. And then whatever cash that you pulled out, let's say you pulled out $45,000, that is now on top of the principal that you had on the old loan. So now you have a $145,000 note as opposed to $100,000. And that money literally gets handed to you in a check or it can be wired directly into your account. And it is income tax free. I can't stress how amazing that is. It is just getting a payday and not getting taxed. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, let me give you a couple pro tips on how to actually do this to get the value out. What I would encourage you to do is call up in your state, you know, do a Google search or Bing search or whatever search engine you're using. Find in your state at least two or three mortgage brokers and call them up and talk to them about getting a refinance, a cash refinance, and make sure that they can, number one, do a cash out refinance, which most of them will do. I don't think they will find one that won't. But then also what type of interest rate, what type of terms you're going to get, what type of fees and points, you know, how much they're going to charge you. All these things you want to get up front beforehand. Now, here's a key. Another pro tip I'm going to give you. Do not let them pull your credit until you're ready to make the actual loan go through. They're going to say, well, I need to pull your credit because I need to know your credit score. I've had that many, many times. And I tell them, well, you're not going to pull my credit. I'm going to give you my credit score now, what I know it to be, you know, 780 or 680 or 580, whatever it might be. This is what my credit score is. And just run with those numbers as if you ran the credit. Now, when I actually go through with it and we're just about ready to lock everything in, that's when I'll have you run the credit. I don't want to have my credit dinged. And oh, they'll say something like, well, this doesn't really hurt your credit all that much. Just one is not bad. Well, hey, don't even, you don't need to tell them, but you're doing two or three, if not four. And so you don't want to worry about that. If you got four credit dings just because you're getting inquiries, those are not good. Those will bring down your credit score. So my tip for you is let them know my credit score is this. As long as you know what your credit score is, you know, you don't want to be shocked and say, you know, you had a 780 credit score when you actually have a 680, which will definitely change the terms of the deal. Plus the mortgage broker would be kind of disappointed because it seems like you lied to them. So know your credit score, but then just tell them this credit score. Don't worry about having them pull your credit. Don't even give them your social security number. Like literally do not tell them that until you're ready to go. Now, as you're talking to two or three mortgage brokers, what I want you to do is literally go through the process with every single one. Don't have them actually give you a letter of intent until you're ready to go with the one that has the best rates, that has the best terms, best fees, best points, best everything. And you say, I'm going to go with you because you want to make sure you find the right person. I personally would not have all three go at the same time and, and try to have any one of them finish the loan first. I would not do that. That would be actually very, in my opinion, very dishonest. Pick one that you feel after you've vetted them, you like working with the person, you have all these great things about them, and you like their, their the loan that they're going to give you, then select them and then go through the process. Now, after you actually go through the process of getting your credit pulled, they give you a pre-qualification letter. They say, hey, you're ready to go. They're going to send out an appraiser to your home or whatever property you have. And the appraiser is going to appraise the value of your home. And we already went through this, but they're going to look at comparable sales in the area within a mile to two mile radius, similar homes to see what it possibly would sell for. The appraiser would then give it back to the bank and say, and this is a third party appraiser. They have to now because of 2008 with the crash of the subprime loans and everything. You know, they were using um, appraisers that would actually give them the, the rates that they wanted or the appraisal that they wanted. So now there has to be an independent third party appraiser. 
Now, this appraiser will give it to the bank. Let's say you owe 100000 and you think it's worth 200000 Well, he might come back and say it's $180,000. We, I, you know, I, the appraiser, believe it's worth 180000 or people would pay 180000 or it would be 210000 Whatever it might be, they're going to come back and say, this is the value that I'm going to give. Now, the bank will give up to 80% of that total value. I'll give you an example. If you have $100,000 in a loan that you currently have on your property, you think it's worth $200,000. Well, everything works out great. And the appraiser comes back and says, yes, you have $200,000 in equity. The home's value is $200,000. Well, the bank is going to say, well, great. You can actually pull out 80%. Well, 80% of $200,000 is $160,000. Remember, you still owe $100,000 on your own home that you need to pull out as well. And you can pull out a $60,000 more. You can pull out $60,000 more and put it in your pocket. So your new loan is $160,000 and you have $60,000 in your pocket to buy properties. Like I said, I've done this so many times. It has made me so wealthy just recycling my money and then using my property to buy more properties. Now, with that increase in mortgage payment, because you pulled out $60,000, if you do it right, if you work with me, if you find it and you actually buy properties the right way, when you buy your first property, that will take care of that mortgage payment, that increased mortgage payment. It is so simple to do this process. It's really just a step-by-step process. I'll walk you through. It's super, super simple to do. But as you do it, you will make money hand over fist because your business will grow and grow. Now let's talk about using the value that is in your property. Now you pull that cash out, the cash is in your pocket. Let's say again, that said $60,000 is in your pocket, ready to go. Hopefully at the exact same time that you started the refinance process, you started number one, learning like you took my ultimate real estate investing course. You're already starting to learn how to invest in real estate, how to not screw up, how to run the numbers right, how to make sure that you're making money every single month. And my course will give you a step-by-step system to do that. Hopefully you're learning the areas that you want to invest. Hopefully you're finding properties that you might want to buy. You talk to property managers. Basically, in that process of getting that mortgage, you have time that you're waiting on other people to do work. You can be working on your end, building your business so that as soon as that money's in your pocket, you're not wasting money on interest because you've already have that money ready to be spent on a property. And so what I do, as soon as I get that money, it's going right, you know, maybe one day, if not two days later, it's literally going from my pocket directly into the new house that I'm buying and going to their pocket, you know, the buyers or sorry, the seller's pocket, it's going into their pocket and I'm getting that property and I'm making money. So I'm literally not paying any interest. My new tenant is paying that interest for me. So using that value, you want to make sure that you already have a property ready to go. Now, I understand sometimes it doesn't work out that well where you don't have property right away, but work hard. The longer that money sits in your bank account or in your pocket, the more interest you are personally paying because you don't have that money working for you. It may feel great having $60,000 in the bank, but you're paying the interest on it. You don't want to do that. You want to be investing that money. Now, as you make money from the value of your home, like I said, you can do this over and over and over again. I've even done it where I've bundled four different rental properties in one note where I pulled out, I want to say 80 or 90 or $100,000 or something like that. I pulled out all this money from four properties, got one loan over all four properties, and then I bought like four or five more properties with that money. And that $100,000 in loan that I bought and took out, I, I actually made 
another $1,500 a month in passive income after paying off that new note that I had on those properties because the more properties I buy, the more monies I make. It's just a great cycle of wealth creation and wealth building. All right, guys, so that is how you use the equity in your property and two different ways, like I said. You can use the home equity line of credit. You can also use the cash out refinance. I personally like the cash out refinance uh, route just because it's locked in and you have a set interest rate, it's usually lower too. And so I personally go that route. So I would encourage you to go that route. But at the same time, you do what's best for you and your family or you and your business. I can only give you what I've done and what I believe that I would do. And so you make the best decision. Now, again, guys, go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash URE. EI course. That's the ultimate real estate investing course. And I'll have the link in the show notes. And I want you to get 25% off of my course. Remember, use that promo code podcast, get 25% off. I will teach you everything from beginning to end, how to buy properties, how to build a business, how to have successfully be unemployed as well as have a mastermind group of other investors working together to build successful businesses. I'm hoping that you are able to use the value in your home to build your business even more. Take courage that it can be done and you can do a fantastic job changing your life with the equity in your home. Get out there and get started. All right, guys, as always, I hope you the best of everything. Get out there, start buying properties and change your life with real estate rental properties. I'll see you next week. And in fact, next week, I'm actually gonna be out hunting in Arizona and I'm gonna be off for the entire week, but I'm gonna try to record a podcast and get it posted out for you. So if it gets posted, then great. If not, hey, just under be aware that I'm literally off the grid and I'm not going to be able to do anything, but I'm going to be enjoying nature and hunting for some white-tailed deer. It's terrific. All right, guys, you take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you change your lives in real estate. See ya. See ya.